0: Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's guest, we have Jonah Bear, music journalist, co-creator of the above-average web series Sound Advice with his sister Vanessa Bear. Guitarist of the band United Nations with Jeff from Thursday and a couple of the dudes from piano, Pianos Come to the Teeth, which I, I really like that band a lot. and uh, And co-host of one of my favorite podcasts going off track. It's a must-listen to. Go to goingofftrack.com. Uh, last week, we had one of Jonas' co-hosts of the podcast, Stephen Smith. They worked together on Stephen's Untitled Rock Show, and now they did Going Off Track, the podcast, which is just great. They have everything I love, musicians and comedians. You you really should just give that a listen. Uh, maybe listen to this first, but then and then go listen to Going Off Track. Going Off Track is actually going to be doing a live podcast in Brooklyn, New York, at Union Hall on July 25th. Guests are still... To be announced, but in the past they've been great. Get your tickets there's a great chance that i'll be there. The only website you should remember today is jonahbear where you can find everything you need uh he's got some fun YouTube videos from the Iraq show that him and Stephen worked on all the podcast, all his writing sound advice I mean just everything this and he writes a fuck ton like I'm looking at his website right now and it, and it's it's ridiculous I mean he's done written for Playboy noisy a lot for ap but recently he did the uh the 30th anniversary with fallout boy on the cover he's just super smart nice interesting dude oh we do talk about uh freelance writer and uh for some reason we'll end up talking about trader joe's for a couple minutes longer than we should and uh what else do we do uh, we talk about love of laugh, laugh, puns the podcast sound advice i don't know just listen to the episode it's great uh, as always, find Let's Chat on the Misfits Network, themisfitsnetwork.com. dot com. We're also now on the SoundCloud, which is really great. Uh, let us know what you like or on the show. Let Jonah know that you listen to this episode on Twitter uh, at Let's Chat Podcast. Find us on Facebook. Uh, but this was—I I don't know. It's same like with the episode with Steven. Like these two episodes are really special to me. Like they're what in the bi- people in the biz would call it a get. Like I started the show over a year ago in my bedroom. And I really spent a lot of time just interviewing friends and family members, and you know, friends, and just kind of learning the craft. And was like, oh, I'd love to have a podcast like Nerdist or like going off track one day. And now I get to have like people that I don't know, but I really want to talk to, and uh, I get to talk to them. It's it's really cool because I feel like there's definitely like, and it's a good way, like the way you might have a relationship with an NPR artist. It was like a one-way relationship. I've listened to so many hours of these people's voices. And in Jonah's case, I've read a lot of his writing. Even from, like, growing up, he was writing for AP in the time I was subscribing to Alternative Press and reading those cover stories. And it's cool how things can come full circle. Uh Jonah was so nice to come on. Make sure you go to a live show. Download – uh Going Off Track. Give them a buck. They take donations on goingofftrack.com goingofftrack.com. Listen to United Nations. Watch Sound Advice. It is really, really funny. And Jonah, again, thank you for coming on. Now I'm in the limelight, cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Pista, raw jeans, Brucey B, kick to bring. Funk, laugh, the flex, love, bump, star, ski. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure if you get this ever, but, um... So I listened, I ended up finding your podcast completely out of the blue. I forgot who, I was searching just a, I, uh... I don't even remember the full story. But I think it was Sam Levine because I was listening to Kevin Pollock's chat show. So I typed his name into iTunes, and then I found "Going Off Track," and then like I started looking through the list. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is everyone I've ever loved in one show." Oh, that's so
1: awesome! And then
0: just completely hooked. But like, I when I listened to it, um, kind of I feel kind of a fool. I didn't realize that it was Stephen from Fuse, but I actually knew who you were from the uh, "Bastards of the Young" documentary. Yeah. Which I doubt you get recognized for ever.
1: I almost never get recognized for that. Like I said, like
0: yeah, I thought that was like a once cup. a
1: year someone will come up to me and be like, "Were you in that emo documentary?" And I'm like, "Uh huh," but it almost never happens.
0: Yeah, so I was like, I was like, "Oh, that's the dude from uh, the thing," and I because I oh, I own that documentary because uh, at the time uh, I I still like I'll sometimes I'll see him, but like uh, I knew Paulson who was in that documentary, so like I was like, "Oh, friends are in this. I okay, watch it." And I was like, oh, so then, but then I listened to that podcast for a while, but then I realized I was like, oh, that's the dude from Fuse, but I never had cable so I, uh, or Fuse, so I very rarely saw the show that you guys worked on, but I really liked it when I saw it.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it was so fun. I mean, Steven really, like, really helped me out a lot when I moved to New York. He hired me for that show I had never written for TV before, and he just kind of liked me and, and liked what I was doing, so um, I don't even think I would still be in New York probably if it wasn't for Steven.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I actually recorded with him a couple of weeks ago, so it was actually really cool to go full circle. Yeah, he said like the same thing. Like, what, that's cool. Like, um, that, that show's on forever.
1: Yeah, so it was on. It was the longest running show on Fuse. I wasn't on it for the whole time, though. I it had been on for a while. I think I just wrote it like the last maybe two or three years.
0: So I, I I used to work at a, a grocery store in Connecticut when I was in high school, and when I would go on my break, that would be like they had the, the fancy cable, like the digital cable, and, like, a bunch of us who worked there were all, like, punk kids, and we would watch Steven's Stevenson rock show. When was, like, 17, 18, I don't know, maybe, maybe 18, 19? so I'm 30, so I was, like, I remember, like, that would be the thing, and all the bands that we loved were, to finally see them on TV was, like, such a big deal to us, so, like, those are, like, my memories of it.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I had so much fun working on that show, and by the end, it was really funny too because I would just like have my I was friends with a lot of the bands on it and I would just write these like inside jokes into the script and like I couldn't believe it was on TV like people would be like dude serious like one of the guys from Motion City Soundtrack I remember like chugged a PBR in the bathroom and then like threw up and it was like is it true Tony like you can't really drink and like or like I I would just bring up these really obscure stories and Steven would always ask them was it super funny to us probably to no one else
0: no that's amazing um so you're you're originally from ohio like i've heard you talk about you're you're from cleveland like the city of cleveland
1: yeah i mean i'm from the suburbs um so kind of like i grew up in the east side suburbs so you know about like a half hour away but um cleveland's kind of a weird city like i didn't really know anyone who actually lives in the city um yeah people kind of live on either side and then it's kind of and there's some really bad areas of cleveland in the city too
0: I've only been there once, like, driving through it. And I remember thinking it was really cool, like, nicer than I would expect it to be. But then, like, 30 Rock had that whole little arc of always like, Oh yeah, at the Cleveland when she was dating Floyd. Yeah, I forgot
1: about that. Yeah, that was pretty fun me. Hey.
0: That was amazing. And then, um, so before, like, you came on, I was, like, I was just, you know, doing research. I, I was watching your TED Talk. And, um, how did you do a TED Talk? Like, how does, that's fucking awesome.
1: Um... Yeah, it was, uh, how did that happen? Well, basically, um, this girl I know, uh, runs the Ted chapter in Cleveland, her and her husband. Um, and there, you know, I kind of stayed in touch with her. Um, she's really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, she just kind of randomly hit me up and was like, Hey, I've been following what you're doing. Like, would you be interested in giving a Ted talk? And I was like, really? And, uh, yeah. And she was like, yeah, totally. And, um, it took me a really long time. You have to like work with them the whole time, so I had to like come up with an idea and then kind of run it by her and then flesh it out. And it was a lot of work. It took me about like four or five months, um, but I kind of put it off to the last minute, like I do everything. So like three weeks, three weeks before I was like, oh, I have to like. Me-. You you weren't allowed to read off the prompt; you had to memorize it.
0: Oh my yeah, god! Yeah.
1: So and it was I think mine was like, thirteen or fourteen minutes long. Yeah. So dude, that's like, standing. yeah. So I just practiced it a lot. And then I was, I also went to high school with, um, J.D. Sampson, who was in La Tigre and, uh, and how, this girl was like, do you know anyone else would want to do it? I was like, maybe J.D. would do it. And she ended up doing it too. So we like hung out a lot. We flew back together and we kind of like just practiced on each other and that kind of stuff.
0: I, I really liked yours. Um, I've only watched, like, a handful of TED Talks, but, like, your whole thing of, like, uh, if someone hasn't seen it, it's kind of like Life Without, uh, oh, God, I don't want re- to butcher your words, but, like, I kind of felt very similar, like, I've, you were writing for AP at the, you're probably, I think you might be a little bit older. I'm than 35
1: now, yeah, but when I started okay, so, AP, I was 22.
0: So 30, 35, that's the same references, you know what I mean? There's no big difference. At twenty and twenty five, that's like two different that's a different ball game, but thirty and thirty five is like the same thing nowadays. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah, I guess. Yeah,
0: so, so when you were writing those articles for A P is like probably right at my peak of finding like the music scene. And I was like, I, I, I can't believe how many of your cover stories I had read without even realizing it. Like that was like my peak subscription of A P Yeah. when I was like just fully enthralled in that entire world. Like I'm uh, I'm from Connecticut, so I was like really into the central like the Connecticut scene. And then kind of discovered, oh, the rest of the nation.
1: You were this like, Dude, there's us. bands besides hate breed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I, yes. <laughs>
1: that's so funny. Yeah. yeah, I
0: did. I did like,
1: I want to say five or six covers for AP. I remember my first one was actually the first one I did was when I was in college. Um, and it was a hundred bands. You need to know. And I did a cover on saves a day when cancel down came out. or am not canceled. Down, I'm sorry. When Stay what you are came out. Um, yeah, I definitely. So that read was that. cool, I... and, and then uh, I did a good Charlotte cover, a Thursday cover, Paramore, Taking Back Sunday, and um, I don't think I can say who it is yet, but um, I wrote next next um, next month's cover Store. It's the first one I've done in really like years.
0: Also, oh, you have still ties to the AP. Sort of. I mean,
1: I worked on their war show last year. They did sing the APMA's. I was a script supervisor for that, and. Um, and yeah, and I did the cover story next year because it's kind of the 30th anniversary. Um, but I don't really write for them very often. Like once every couple of years, um, something they'll be like, oh, we think you'd be good for this. But it's not one of the places I generally write for very much anymore. But I, I you know, I worked there for three years. I interned there, so it's like I always feel kind of connected to it. Oh, that's cool.
0: Cool. Their uh, their podcast was early, early onset. One of the very first podcasts I ever listened to. Like seven, eight years ago, it was the f- – them and uh, Mark Hoppus had one. They were the first two I've ever listened to, and he, they kind of, and then I kind of left the podcast for, for a while, and then I came back. But the AP one was like – man, Mike Shea was fucking great at it. I hope – I don't know if it still exists. It, I hope I don't
1: know if it does. Yeah, I remember – I love – I mean, yeah, Mike's great. I mean, Jason is – Pettigrew is like one of the funniest people I've ever met.
0: Oh god, I loved his intro. Yeah, like, but theirs sounded like they put a lot of work into theirs, which I remember like I could never do that. Like it was almost like writing an essay for like per per guest. Like I can only imagine how much work that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, Fuck that. that's dude. That's exactly how I am. Like it's so funny. Like we just had someone on the podcast, and they were like, "Here's all these uh, here's all these notes and like all the stuff. What do you?" And I was like, uh, "We probably will not even talk about music. We'll probably talk about like bagels or something."
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to give yourself that permission to let the conversation go somewhere else. Like you're not constricted, but then that's where like the coolest stuff comes out of, I think.
1: Yeah. I agree. And I
0: agree. It's... Yeah. And if, for me, if it's too much work, I'm just not going to do it. I'll be quite honest. I'm just one of those people. Well, yeah. Who... I
1: mean, and that's kind of the big issue. Cause you know, I've, uh, I have a couple other like side podcasts I've wanted to do. Like, um, me and Chris Conley have recorded a couple episodes of this meditation podcast. Um, which it's just me and Chris talking about meditation, but I just can't get it together to, like, figure out how to upload it. And people are like, you have a podcast. I'm like, dude, I don't do anything. I, like, show up at this super nice studio and just, like, talk, and then it, like, magically kind of appears.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Brad, Brad does all, all of it. I it, do. He's, he's great. great. I
1: usually will write the little, like, that copy for it and, like, the iTunes stuff, but Brad handles all the technical stuff, all the editing. Like, he's so good at all that stuff. I have no idea how any of it works. It's like magic.
0: Yeah, it it's a lot of learning. It, it's definitely not that hard, but it's not as easy as I thought. I started this with somebody, and then with that, the the goal originally was, like, they were going to be the tech person and I would be more of the talker, and then they left pretty early on. So I was like, shit. I got a bunch of equipment I already spent some money on, and so you can learn how to do it, but it's, it, 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 it's effort, for sure. Yeah. But it's not that hard. Yeah. But, like, you know, you're, you you uh, you're like, you like a freelance writer, so I feel like not having, like, you know, you probably want to take the jobs that uh, make you some money before yeah. making a meditation podcast. It's interesting. <laughs> doing all the other work.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that's kind of been the cool thing, is a lot of the stuff that I've worked on, kind of just for fun over the years, whether it's like the web series with my sister um, or the podcast or, you know, the band it's like, it's all stuff I did for free for so long that like now some of it, I'm getting like a little bit, a little bit of money from, you know, like we have a sponsor for the web series and we had a little sponsor for the podcast. So it's cool to, and the band's kind of doing better. So it's cool to do stuff. And that's kind of what the Ted talk was about, like just kind of doing what you want. And then hopefully you can kind of turn that into what you do. But I do have a real problem with prioritizing. I always want to do the fun, creative stuff, and I never want to, like, transcribe interviews, and that's sort of what I need to do in order to pay the bill sometimes.
0: <laughs> no, I can't even imagine having to try to make money off of, like, art. Like, I, well, I don't create art by any means, but, like, I don't know. Well, yeah. I give you guys credit. It's, it's
1: tough, but it's also, like, it, so much of the stuff I do that's, like, work, even when it, it's, like, so cool, it's, like, like, ugh, I have to, like, transcribe this interview with, like, Joey Cape about his favorite lag wagon records. Like, that's, like, the bummer thing I have to do. I'm like, no, this is actually, like, if I was 15, like, I would, like, love to do this. So it's like, I try to remember, like, even the work stuff doesn't, isn't really work.
0: Yeah, whatever you do in life, though, whatever, like, it is, everything just becomes normal, and then it becomes, like, you complain, you can find anything to complain about. Right,
1: I, I agree, and yeah. I think, like, that's, like, kind of, it's, it's it's kind of annoying to me when, like, people are like, I can't believe, like, you would complain about this when people are starving, or, like, it's, and it's like, yeah, dude, like, it's like, I get that, I think it's good to have that perspective, but it doesn't mean, like, your problems aren't real.
0: No, exactly, I think that's like, like this chain of command of, like, you only complain to people who have it better than you, like, I would never go to, like, um, like Detroit and complain about... uh. Being hungry. I'm be like, oh, I haven't eaten in six hours, and my house is a little, eh. They'd be like, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, but, yeah, I I agree. I mean, what you – Stephen actually was talking about you the other day. Uh, um, and he,
0: Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's like He awesome. was like, he was
1: like, he was like, um, he was, like he's like, this guy's going to make you feel so bad about your life because he's just, like, works in nonprofits and is, like, such a good person, <laughs>
0: That's so not even true. I, I, I literally just did your TED talk, and then this, that's what it led to me to. <laughs> <laughs> the, long, the long and short of it. That's, <laughs> and uh, I actually left the nonprofit world four months ago, which I'm quite proud of. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he, he was very nice with his words, but yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, yeah. I um, kind of fell into it. I met a young lady who was living in Providence while I was in Connecticut, and I just wanted uh, – well, now oh, she's my wife. But at the time, I was like, all right, I need to move there, and I'll take any job I can get, and I end up working in a group home, and then just kind of going from nice. there. Nice,
1: that's cool. That's
0: <laughs> kind of funny that uh, my head just made my head get a little bit. Yeah, dude, it's, it's it <laughs> happened. Oh, oh, that's yeah, right. yeah. That's, yeah, no, no, but yeah, you guys, your everyone else's work is more important or something. I don't know. I I I'm a fan of those jobs where you just go home and like turn off turn off the brain, like get home, like all right. What's on yeah
1: tonight? so I've never really had that I don't think because I you know I, I graduated from college and then I, in, I went on the work tour for AP I worked on that for two two months and then I got hired as a music editor and that job was like it was I guess like that job was like that sort of but I was always kind of working on stories at home or like when the magazines in production for that week you have to stay till like sometimes stay till like midnight or two in the morning so it's like And then when I left, I left AP in 2005, and I've just been freelancing since. So it's like, I always, whenever I'm, like, relaxing, I'm like, I should be working. Um, Like, it's never, (laughs) and then when I, you know, like, it's pretty weird. But I have kind of figured out how to do it. But it's like, I just try not to get, it's just a different, it's just a different beast, sort of. It's like, there's never nothing to do, I guess. Like, if you're not, if you're not busy with work, like, you feel like, like, you should be busy, like, hustling, trying to get work.
0: Are you good without structure? Because I feel like that's where I would suffer the most.
1: No, I'm not good.
0: I'm the worst, man. Like, I had um uh, – I'll post this. I took today – I called in sick today for no real reason at all just because I could because I just started, like, the office world, like, four months ago. I was like, wait, what? I can just not, I can just not come in and no one's going to give a shit? And uh, <laughs> so I was like – I went to a wedding this weekend, so I was like, I'm, "I'm just gonna fucking take Monday off. Why not?" And like, I didn't do anything today. My I went to the grocery store because like my wife asked me to, and I did some laundry. And I watched a documentary on Netflix, and I caught up on some shows from HBO, and then I I, I just didn't do anything today.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm uh, to be honest, I've been like I've been freelance for ten years, and I'm still like not great at it. I you know like. Yeah, like last night, I was up till four in the morning. I woke up today, like had to reschedule our interview because I was hungover, didn't get out of bed till noon. I mean, it's like I'm just catching up on stuff now. So it's like, yeah, I'm basically I'm terrible at it. Um, but I don't know. It kind of goes in waves, I guess. But it, it's hard. But it's nice to like not have to plan your day around like your errands or you know what I mean? Like it's nice to just go to places when they aren't crowded. That's kind of the part I like the most. I miss
0: that from working like retail or like having days off middle of the week, like going somewhere yeah. and you're the youngest person wherever you go. Like you go to the doctor's office or like the grocery store. And no one there is under like 60 except you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially in New York, like every there's so many people that it's like, you know, anywhere you go, it's kind to of like Trader Joe's or something at like seven o'clock. Like it's, it's insane.
0: Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny. And that's just funny because I just went to Trader Joe's and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> that's Dude, great. the
1: Trader Joe's here n- n- no at any time of the day. The one at Union Square I stopped going, but uh, you just basically have to get in line as soon as you get there. Like you need a second person. Like I would go with my when I was dating my living with my girlfriend, and we would I would just get in line and she would just get stuff because the line wraps all the way around the store, and like by the time <laughs> like by the time she got all the food, I would uh. be like halfway through the line. But that's the only way to do it. It's insane. Like you have to get people, you have to ask people to move to get to anything.
0: Is that in Manhattan or is that Brooklyn?
1: That's in Manhattan. That's like right at Union Square. I haven't been there in a few years and they built a couple more. So I don't know if that like has alleviated it a little. But I remember going there and like I, I, you know, I would always be like, what's the best time for me to come here? And they'd always be like, it doesn't, it's like. There's a couple – and they were just like basically it's always crowded. Like in the morning it's crowded. No, no, this is this is an inc- probably incredibly boring for people to listen to. I don't know why I'm talking about this. But yeah, yeah it's – For some reason crowded. I love
0: it because uh, <laughs> I'm like the same one. I go to like a one in suburban Rhode Island and same thing. I'm like why is everyone – well, Trader Joe's are like spread out though. Like they're never – there's never – it's not like Whole Foods where there's like a ton of them. There's always like there's – they're always in like kind of odd locations and there's like – I think there's like one in our state that I know of.
1: yeah. Right? Th- there's a i feel like there's way more in the west coast like i feel like whenever in california there's tons of them and they're always like enormous and empty
0: yeah because they all go and they already have those shops but here we're like oh my god frozen food this is the best
1: well, yeah i that's know this right? is
0: about the frozen dinners like oh my and then like you know and chair joe's doesn't always like uh they don't always have everything you like because like that's like their whole business model is they have certain items at certain times so, like Specifically, the mozzarella sticks are really good. So now, like, they were gone for a few months. Now, every time I see them, I buy like two of them. And we are just giving so, out our grocery list on this episode.
1: <laughs> this is the last thing I'm going to say about this before <laughs> no, everyone turns no, this off. Than, but... it's
0: more than okay. I think if Stephen listens to this, will be laughing at us.
1: Well, yeah, and this is actually something Stephen told me. I I stayed at Steven's house uh, Friday night. Um, I went to go see. I took the bus down to Philly and saw Pianos Become the Teeth. Um, they, they, it was their first time of their tour with, with Gates and Loma Peretta, I think.
0: Is that – do you know them? I know Gates. I don't know their – The yeah.
1: other band. There's some West Coast screamo band, but I don't know if people know. I, I'm, I'm in a band, United you know, Nations, with two of the guys in Pianos, become the teeth, David yeah. and Zach. Uh, so I went down there to hang out with them um, and then stayed at Stevens um, in Jersey. And Steven told me that a lot of the stuff at Trader Joe's is like – other, it's, like, not made by Trader Joe's. It's, like, just regular, like, Triscuits, but they just, like, brand brand it, like, Trader Joe's crackers or something.
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's a very common thing. Like, you know when you have, it like, uh, soda? Like, you see, like, the generic sodas at, like, the grocery store? That's all made in Coke and Pepsi factories. It's just different. You're just paying for the brand.
1: Never knew that. I always thought this like, Trader Joe's had some insane, like, factory somewhere where they just, like... I think they might stuff. for
0: certain things, but I think, uh, I, I, you know, I might have read some articles or watched little mini documentaries about Trader Joe's inner workings, because for whatever reason, I like that kind of stuff. Like, there's one of those, like, CNN business, like, inside the McDonald's empire. I'm like, yep, got to watch everything. <laughs> but that Well, uh, to loop it around, that's, <laughs> that's why so I like your, your podcast, though, because it's kind of like the you guys have, like names or people i find fascinating and then you kind of talk about it's like almost like seinfeld you'll talk about the minutiae of like very specific things sometimes it's like interesting as all hell because like you know once you get a certain age when you're young you think rock and roll is like sex drugs and rock and roll and then i i never could play music but i have lots of friends who've been in bands and have made uh and family members like uh, two family i had two cousins who made uh one who has a career out of it now and one who had a career out of it for a little while and uh There's a lot of, there's a lot of boring aspects of music.
1: Yes, there are as yeah. I mean, and I do, I feel like I
0: marketing meetings and just like, um, have you ever heard of a band called Red Fang?
1: Yes. They have like really cool music videos, right? Yeah.
0: That's my cousin, Aaron. No way. Well, my cousin, Sarah is his wife. So that's how that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it's, um, when he, I, I don't see him frequently cause obviously they live far, they're from Portland. Um, but, uh, you know, like he's touring two, 300 days of the year and it's just like, there's a lot of downtime and meetings and just boring ass shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I deal with, I mean, like I handle a lot of stuff for the, the band too. And it's like, yeah, I mean, so much of So much of it is not playing. So much of it is like just scheduling and like just figuring out how to pay for stuff and just logistical stuff. I mean, which is like, yeah, it's interesting. And the other thing that I feel comes up on the podcast all the time is like people think that if like you've heard of, if they've heard of your band, that like you're like living in a mansion somewhere or something. Oh my God. Like,
0: yeah. I had someone on here, and we kind of – not in an argument, but, like, I kind of got slightly heated. We were talking about Doug Benson, and she was trying to argue with me that Doug Benson was a millionaire because she's been on That Midnight. I was like – I mean, I don't know Doug Benson personally by any fucking means. Like, I've never – I've, you know, I don't know him, but I would venture to guess that he's not a millionaire because he's been on TV.
1: Yeah, I mean – yeah, I, I don't think Doug Benson is a millionaire. I mean, I think I think Doug Benson is pr- a pretty successful comedian. I'm sure he he gets good guarantees on the road. I'm sure I, I he's sure fine. But I, um, I, I
0: hope he is a millionaire. That's it. Wasn't even about Doug Benson. Just that people have this right, right, right. If you've been on television, you're a millionaire. Or if you're in a band that's headlined this, like you're a millionaire. Like no.
1: I mean, we've we've had a lot of people. Um, not a lot, but we've had some people on the podcast who've been on at midnight, like, um, and then I think Nikki Glaser was on at Brooks Whelan and like, they've come on and like, they're just regular. Like they're definitely not like (laughs) rolling up in like a limousine or something. Yeah. I think there is a big, a big disconnect with that stuff. I mean, and maybe at one point it was sort of like that, but definitely not now.
0: No, definitely. Definitely not. Yeah. I love your Nikki Glaser interview because at least it sounded like she had no idea who Gaston Anthem was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's like, oh, cool.
1: Yeah, she definitely didn't. It, it's been funny, though. We just did one. Benny just hosted a couple. And well, we did one with this actor, uh, Shane McRae, who's great. And uh, yeah, like halfway through, Benny said something about it. He's like, oh, what band i you? He's like, yes. and he's like, no way. I like a couple times people have been like, I love your band. And I feel like a lot of people just sort of know who Brian is. That's so always funny yeah. for them. They're like, oh. You-. But um, yeah, Benny is... Uh, one of my favorite if steven's not around like he's such a great guest host and um we've had a lot of really good guest hosts because you know steven has you know been kind of tied up with his kids this year a lot um so i think yeah i think we're gonna i'm trying to think who else we've done with guest hosts uh, i know we did some with
0: fucking awesome
1: yeah dan i would love to do more stuff with um yeah, Benny's kind of like my go-to if he's around. I know Steak Mountain. I think we're gonna do some with Jeff Rosenstock. There's a lot of people we just had on the podcast that are like just email me and be like, "Dude, do you ever want me to host with you?" And okay, I'm like, yeah. "Yes, you'd be awesome." Yeah, I dude, Jeff
0: Rosenstock. When I growing up, like I was talking about before, uh, his old band, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, was like one of those bands of my youth that meant so much to me. Then he turned into bomb the music industry, and now he's, his solo stuff is just Jeff's just been doing the same thing. I mean, this is a compliment. He's he's had the same incredible DIY ethic for, like, 10-plus years, and it's fucking awesome.
1: Like, he's on the Billboard he's, charts. He's, I think... Is he really? Dude, that's amazing. Jeff, yeah, I think, is is one of... I don't... I'm not super familiar with his music. I'm more just kind of, like... I'm, I met him through Chris Farron and... Uh, yeah,
0: they're the romance. I don't know him personally anymore, but, like, when I was, like, 17, 18, I was seeing his ska band that refused to sign to a label and just becoming this huge cult thing in like new england and like long island and all over the country before breaking up without like yeah he, he's like diy superstar it just never changed
1: D- literally though like i've done i've done chris and Jeff's lost podcast twice and, and like you're, you'll sit it in just house and it'll be like hey do you want something to write on you'll be like sure and it's like an lp mailer like it's like you everything is like just just like just punk like it's awesome yeah yeah he's he's great
0: I love when you were on. Um, I listened to the one when you were on uh, "Washed Up Emo" with uh, the na- dude from Knapsack. That was such a great episode.
1: Oh yeah, we did that one with Blair. That was awesome. We actually, you know, it's interesting. We, me and Tom actually did another one with um one of my favorite songwriters. I think like one of the most underrated d- dudes ever, Jake Bellows. Um, and it ended up we had like it wasn't a great reception, and it never ended up not coming out. But then I ended up having Jake on when he came out to New York, and we talked about. A lot of the same stuff i mean like like the nature of reality and like his album was influenced by nikolai tesla and like sound waves and yeah that was a really cool one. but i want to do another one with tom uh yeah he's he's a his podcast is awesome
0: yeah he was super nice i he came on here and uh it was, i think we both he got snowed in one day and like we talked for like two straight hours and i was like you don't have to do this but thank you like that yeah yeah gotta, he's a- Cool, fucking dude. dude loves emo, and I, I, j- he makes me unashamed of love my love of emo, like he totally does.
1: Yeah, it's funny when all this like this all this weird like emo controversy has been happening lately, and uh, with like that LA thing and people trying to trademark emo night, and I it's know. like. I feel like, dude, it's like, I just think about, Tom. I'm just like, Tom, what do you think? Because it's like, I feel like Tom is n- not only in it for the right reasons, but that dude just like knows so much Stop. about it that I'm just like, and he has a night here now. You know, me and Tom used to Tom used to do Emo Night at this bar, Idle Hands, the first Thursday of every month. And me and my friend Eric would do like a pop punk night called DJing in Drublick the third Thursday. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Um,
1: yeah, we did it for over two years. The bar actually closed a few months ago. So now Tom and Brian are doing Emo Night at, this, at a different bar, but yeah, it's pretty fun, and it, and it was kind of like similar to the podcast. Like, Tom puts a lot of work into the podcast and research it. So like, Tom would be like, "We have Max Bemis guest DJing. Like, this is a list of songs I'm gonna play. Everything." And me and my friend Eric would just like roll up there and just get drunk and just play like no effect songs. And like, there'd be like ten people there. And like, it was like, Ugh, if we had like put more work into this and promoted it, maybe. But I, I also just don't think that kind of music really like is has the kind of I don't know. I don't think people really, yeah. especially girls. I don't think they want to go to a bar and listen to like Lagwagon for eight hours.
0: No. <laughs> I but, wish they did. I, I, me too. But I would think that about emo. But I guess I guess I'm wrong because you know because I would I would make that same argument again for Tom. But then I guess Tom has proved us wrong by making successful emo nights. And it's
1: I think it's yo- I think it's younger. I mean I know you're five years younger than me, but I'll be honest, man. I love Tom and Brian. I would absolutely support them. Going to an emo night, I was in LA and they were doing one and all these people were trying to get me to go to one a few months ago. It's kind of like my nightmare. I feel like if I go to a bar, like, I want to hear cool music, but I kind of just want to be able to talk to people and hang out and have someone, like, screaming brand new lyrics into my ear. Yeah. And I feel like just the whole, like, sing-along aspect of it, like, I'm not into it.
0: At 23, I would love that, but I don't want to go to a bar and hear about how... You like lost your virginity to this brand new song or some shit? Cause I yeah. just assume that's what how it would turn in. See, I, I projected that way
1: too weird. <laughs> I just went for it. No, I mean usually I just go to bars and ask people how they lost their virginity. That's kind of my. <laughs> yeah, mood.
0: that's good, man. I hope you talk to women, but you know, men too. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you like, it's up to you.
1: Yeah, totally. No,
0: no judgment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel kind of lame. I like almost never go to bars at all, <laughs> unless like people come visit here. they will be like. Um, there's like a pretty well-known dive bar. I live like a block away from called the scurvy dog. So whenever anyone comes up like, we got to go to the scurvy dog. You must go there all the time. I was like, yeah,
1: dude, I've what? been to the scurvy dog. Oh yeah. My friend Thaddeus used to work there.
0: It's, um, it's a place I live, uh, right next door. Uh, the neighborhood My... no, actually I came out wrong. I don't live in the housing projects next door to it. I live in the upscale genderfied neighborhood about a hundred yards away.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that my friend got fired from there for stabbing someone.
0: That doesn't <laughs> sound like an unlikely story.
1: <laughs> it was – he was – he's he's an awesome dude, but, man, yeah, I rem- yeah, I'm that sure was, that like, a pretty rough place. Stones. I'm sure they did, too. Um, but, yeah, it was, like – it had that kind of parking lot behind it. It was kind of, like, yep. narrow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He worked there. I, I went there – probably, like, he doesn't live there anymore, but I went there probably three or four years ago. and
0: uh, Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> this, I was living here back then.
1: I really, I wonder if he would have. Rec- he is. He was very recognizable. I, like,
0: I didn't go there a lot because it's.
1: Yeah, know. we went, but we went to. He took me to another place, kind of more in this town that like had like brewed its own beer. Was really nice. Oh, Trinity. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place is great. Providence is such a fucking awesome secret little city. Like I grew up two hours away from it. and never came here and always hated it. And this place sucked. And then I met my now wife and I was like, Oh my god, this place is awesome. There's so much to do.
1: Well, yeah, and all that. I mean, like all that skin graft stuff. Like, so many crazy bands came out of there.
0: This is like the only city where like lightning, lightning bolt can sell out consistently.
1: <laughs>
0: like, yeah, are they are they still playing? I don't know, but I think I hear stories of like they do um, pop up shows or like I think they they just played. There's a re a redone theater called the Columbus Theater, which I believe it's a nonprofit and it's all volunteer run. And they have, like, comedy and uh, strict absorbments of bands. I believe they played there recently, uh, a couple streets over. Um, I've seen some really good comedy shows there. It's a really cool uh, place. Because, like, where the scurvy dog goes, if you go the opposite direction, is uh, Onlyville, which was, like, the famous part of Providence for its noise scene. And, like, the warehouse shows, which I had no involvement in at all. But I heard all about it.
1: Yeah, uh yeah, I never actually made it to any shows there sort of during that, but uh but yeah, yeah, it seems like a cool place. I, yeah, I was only there once and it was a while ago. A lot of New York people
0: don't come this way. We have friend friends who live in the city, New York City, and they come visit and they like they walk into my apartment and they're like, "Holy shit, this place is huge. How much do you yeah. pay?" What? <laughs> yeah. You pay how much for this space?" I'm like, "I know, it's way cheap." But I also have to own a car and I don't live in New York City. So it's the, you know, the trade-off, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, the, the car thing is 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 one part of it. But, I mean, it's – I think you probably make up for that in like oh, like three days or something. I mean, yeah, everything here is pretty expensive. But, you know, what? the thing about New York, too, is like it's expensive. But if you kind of you figure out like, like how to – like I live in – Queens, not technically, and, like, Ridgewood. It's kind of on the border of Bushwick, and it's, like, it's much cheaper out here, but I'm off the train. It's, like, when I go to shows, it's, like, you know, like, I usually know people. and get into stuff. Like, I have a lot of friends that are bartenders, so I kind of know where to, like, it's, like, you kind of figure out, I know, you kind of figure out, like, the cheap things to do. I feel like it's, you can make it sort of affordable here if you're kind of smart about it.
0: And I, I'm hoping most people, the people I know in New York, like, they make a lot more money than I do, but then it evens out because I live in New York.
1: Exactly. Yeah, 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 totally.
0: The standard of living in Rhode Island is, like, way lower than New York as a whole, but it's – it's yeah, it's way different. I totally – you know, uh, one thing I loved about your podcast, um, when you had your parents on, I thought that was so fucking nice.
1: Yeah, you know, they were – I've been, yeah, we've been doing it for a few years and they were, they really wanted to see this, the studio. The studio we do it in is, um, yeah, I'm sure you know, is owned by Converse and it's this really, really awesome space. And yeah, they were visiting, I think they were in town for SNL, see Vanessa and me. And, uh, I was like, you should come by the studio and check it out. And they came and I was like, we should just do a podcast. And they were like, I don't know. And I kind of talked them into it. I'm so glad they did it. Um, Cause I was just talking about this, I think with Steven, uh, like I actually learned a lot about my parents from that interview. Like there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Like I didn't know my, like my dad lived in a cave in Greece. My mom like went to Afghanistan when she was like 20. Like it's some pretty interesting stuff. I didn't know. Do you think you could have done that without Steven? Uh, I think I could have done it without Steven, but I don't think it would have been as good.
0: Because I've done that – I've had my parents on, and I didn't get the same stories because it was me asking them, and I just feel like they're not going to tell me. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think
1: I think it was – I think it was better with Steven. I, yeah, I think it was pretty much a perfect situation. Yeah, because he was so interested in it. Like, I don't – I like, I feel like it's weird to be like, tell me about me when I was growing up or something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Well, I really liked it because, like, um, you know, you and your sister uh, are, like, you know, both the creative type – and you always kind of wonder where people come from like that's why like I love podcast I love origin stories all that stuff and then like your parents were just like normal and they kind of sound like my parents and you guys weren't like a couple of like trust fund babies or like you're they just seem you just seem like you just seem like you had the exact same background as me like average middle class person who had cool parents are, like follow your dreams but get a job
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's interesting, because my parents definitely, you know, like, whatever, I guess I took we took piano lessons or something, but it wasn't like... But who didn't? My parents, they? you know, like, my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, my my parent, my dad, like, you know, worked in kind of business stuff. When I was a teacher. Like, it wasn't like, it
0: he wasn't, wasn't like a, there were
1: instruments all over the house.
0: He wasn't Lauren Michaels or... Uh... Judd right Apatow, like Maude Apatow, is becoming like you know a big and rightfully so. She's I think she's great on girls, but like and it's just sometimes you could see like a path laid out for someone in that regard. It makes more sense when the Le- Judd Apatow's daughter becomes a do- an actress because it's a lot easier. But then it's like you guys are just a couple of kids in Cleveland, outside Cleveland, and like you both took such interest in paths.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's pretty interesting how it turned out. I mean. uh, I think, you know, I think, like, a big part of it is, if you listen, my dad is super funny. So I think that's where me and Vanessa get our sense of humor, for sure. Like, my dad is is hilarious, is always cracking jokes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how it turned out. You know, like, I was always in bands and really involved in, in punk and music, kind of, like, through middle school and high school. But <laughs> Vanessa, it's it's interesting. Like, when Vanessa got hired on SNL, like, they went back to my high school and interviewed all these teachers. And they were all, like we, we knew, we always knew Vanessa was going to be a successful comedian. it's like, there's, they were definitely like, there's no way they knew because like people, Vanessa always wasn't, it, right? didn't really. Yeah. And it was so funny. I was, I was like, there's no way you knew. Cause like, I didn't know, you know what I mean? And it's like, and you've had her for like an hour a day for eight months or something. So it's like, I think Vanessa got really into it in college. She joined this um, all-sketch female group at the University of Pennsylvania called Bloomers, and she moved to Chicago and did Second City. But yeah, that stuff didn't come till later. But I think I think a lot of it was, yeah, my parents just kind of being like, just do your thing and kind of letting us kind of do it. And I also think my dad just being really funny. And my mom was a musician, too. So yeah, I think all this stuff just kind of rubbed off. But yeah, it definitely was not – I wish it was a trust fund situation.
0: Ah, don't we all. Don't we all. <laughs> I mean, it, does, it wouldn't take away. And honestly, it wouldn't take away from it, your accomplishments because, like, you could have a billion dollars, but you're still not going to be on SNL. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's certain levels right. of success. Yeah, that's it, true. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, that's what's great about com. That's the thing I love about comedy so much. Like, uh, if like if Jerry Seinfeld does a surprise set at the Comedy Cellar, you're like, oh my god! But by minute three, if he's not making you laugh, you're like, get the fuck off stage. Like, uh, just, yeah, like, no,
1: it's it, it's true
0: that's one of comedy is one of those and same with music like i mean i guess there's definitely bands who there's opportunities for money but like you know any band even the bands you don't like there's a lot even the ones who've got everything handed to them there's still a lot of fucking work that goes into it
1: like yeah no i mean that that's true and I, uh yeah i think you said that's something that's kind of important to remember cuz I, I do feel like there are so many people like that where you're just like, ugh, this person, whatever, like just their dad is famous or their brother's famous or whatever. I mean, but yeah, you still kind of have to, I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm an incredibly insecure person. So it's like a lot of times I'll be like, you know, like people just like Steven show. Cause they like Steven or people just like sound advice. Cause it's Vanessa or people just like United Nations cause they're fans of Thursday and love Jeff. But it's like, I have to sort of remember sometimes like these people wanted you involved in this thing too, for a reason. Like you can I wouldn't, didn't like like force my way into these situations either if it's a collaboration
0: oh i'm yeah i mean your work obviously and you write a ton so like your work speaks for itself um i mean i could take this part out too but i know you said you had therapy today and uh me and steven talked about therapy too and when you said that you had therapy till four i was like yes because i know when i come out of therapy it's like that's when i talk the most i'm the most open right after my therapy sessions like that's the best. well actually
1: yes i have therapy tomorrow i actually had physical therapy today i have mental oh, okay. and physical therapy i have oh. this uh, i have this like sciatica injury things is it's, it's oh, like been hear, kind man. of a nightmare yeah it's no big deal it happened you know i was like I'm like a very big yogi and it's like i haven't been able to practice since august um it's been like a real bummer but yeah i physical therapy today but i have i i I, did, I see a therapist also yeah and i actually used to see steven's old therapist um but uh oh, that's but yeah i, I, I I really, I really like it, too. It's great. I think everyone should do it. I was talking to my friend last night about it, actually, and he was, like, thinking about seeing a therapist, and done. It. I'm like, dude, you should do it. And he's like, I don't know, like, with my problems. I was like, it's like, it doesn't matter. I was like, it's just good to talk to someone. I feel like there's no real stigma with it anymore. Uh,
0: there shouldn't be. I have a friend I'm trying to, like, he's going through some shit. So I work in, I, I work in uh, like, mental health, like, behavioral health. So, like, my tolerance for my friends now is, like, just depleted, like, if you I, are like, oh, I'm undiagnosed, bipolar, I'm like, shut the fuck up, you have health insurance, get take, get taken care of, I don't want to deal with it. You have every opportunity... Like, I, it's kind of wrong, but it's just turned into that. Because, uh, like, you know, I work with people who are, like, su- with a lot of suicidal ideation, so I have to hear that all fucking day long. And like, by the end of the day, I'm like, dude, just get it together, you got everything going for you. But, so, yeah, I'm trying to help a friend, like, convince them I was like, you, honestly, like, I started going a year ago, and then things were great, and now... Things are great and they only stay great because you continually go. It's like this whole mentality that you never think of when you're younger is just like happiness is something you have to consistently work on. Like you're not always happy. Sometimes you're not happy and but no, I, I fucking love it. It's it's great. I get to go on Thursday and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Nice man. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh Yeah, I yeah, I think it's great too. I agree.
0: Uh, well, then I interviewed Stephen. within like three minutes. He had brought up that he goes to therapy. I was like, all right, we're going down this path.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did. We actually did a podcast where we got really into therapy with really early on with this guy, Paul Schneider. Oh, I um, love that.
0: The dude from Parks and Rec.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we that one is basically all about mental health and therapy. Yeah, dude,
0: mental health is so important, and it's it, it really is like, and I, I work with, um, So I I don't say where I work, but, like, so where I work, like, I work with, like, a different level. Everyone I work with has, like, uh, commercial health insurance, and most of the people I work with are, like, people who have jobs and are adults dealing with enough stuff where they would need some psychiatric help, possible hospitalization at some point in their life. It blows your mind to find out how many people have some sort of, like, schizophrenia, bipolar anxiety, suicidal – suicide attempts. I mean, like – normal people that you meet in your everyday world that you would just never know have gone through something you're like it, it it's every day it blows my mind
1: yeah no
0: totally yeah. uh yeah so it's it, pretty wild. It, that episode but I, I i was like i was touched by that episode because so, like it's just important to hear it talked about in, in like a way where it's just a, especially men because i think you know being a dude you're not supposed to have emotions just anytime you could hear that, it's just nice. Like, uh, and your show, too, it's really cool because, like, um, Steven, and we talked about this too, but, like, uh, he always, like, stands up for women's rights and LBGT stuff, like all you guys do. And it's just nice to hear. I'm like, just more of that energy needs to go out into the world. Like, it's cool.
1: Yeah, man. I totally agree 100%.
0: Yeah, I, I just kind of went on a little tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I uh, to bring to your web series. Um, I don't have the. I love your intro because you guys always talk and then try to bring it around in some cool way with your. But I wasn't able to do it right there, like I was trying. Um, I I really no no like, worries, man. <laughs> um, your love of puns have worn uh, rubbed off on me. By the way, like I, now I I catch myself listening to people and like kind of ignore them. Like, all right, how can I make that work? And
1: uh yeah it's 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 a blessing and a curse man i i, I love puns i actually i did my first stand up set like a month ago Oh yeah, i saw
0: that Actually, I, saw that split I was gonna ask you about that i want to know how that went like that, that's so cool it,
1: it was cool it was really good i mean it's like you know vitus is like i'm there a lot like you and plays are a lot you know we were, we've had all the owners based almost on the podcast like their own bands but it was very comfortable like it was pretty small and maybe 20, 30 people there. I knew most of them and I just did five minutes, you know, my sister came and it was cool. But a lot of it was my greatest hits of puns because I'll tell these puns, like a lot of them happen on the road when I'm with UN and I'll tell these puns and no one will laugh. Everyone will just kind of groan cause they're so sick of being around me. And like, and I'll be like, that's a really good one. And they're like, uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm saving this. So I wrote down a bunch of them and it was like, you know, uh, my best one involves uh, like this orange netting. Have you heard this one? I'm sure I've told on the podcast before. Oh no, uh,
0: it's anyway, I, I don't know. All right, this is
1: my best pun ever. Uh, there's my friends. This is true. My friends are talking about how this kid was super rich because speaking of trust funds, this guy had like some crazy trust fund, and I was. They were like, well, how does he have this money? Like his dad invented the orange netting that they sell like oranges in at the grocery store. And then they licensed the netting to construction companies. Um, so it's like, they have all this money and I was like, Oh wow, that's amazing. So it's like, he has a citrus fund. <laughs>
0: that's pretty fucking great.
1: Thanks. I told that one. I mean, uh, a, a bunch of more music related ones from just the studio. And yeah, so uh, and your bandmates band don't it.
0: love that. I don't understand. Cause I, they I sometimes gone, love it. I would have gone for the complete opposite one and used, like, orange uh, something, like, use orange as the verb, but you you really went for it there. That's impressive. Yeah, they
1: like them sometimes. Our, our guitar player, our other guitar player, Lucas, is pretty into it. Like, he, he's kind of, uh, uh, and the other guys, I think, like him, but I think it's, like, they get so much of it that it just becomes, like, annoying, and to be honest, it's, like, like when I say it's a blessing and a curse, it's sort of annoying for me because I feel like 10% of my brain is always just thinking of what rhymes with this and not really paying attention to what someone else is saying, which I think is not good.
0: No, yeah, especially since uh, you interview people frequently. <laughs> but oh, that's wonderful. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of times they'll come quick too. Like a lot of times I'll bust one on people like, how long have you been saving that? And I'm like, dude, I haven't been. But sometimes I will think of one and I'll be like, just like, I'll just wait for my chance. Mm, just, yeah. like, blurted it out.
0: I, I went to a wedding this weekend. My friend's girlfriend just came back from Portland, Oregon, from learning how to do uh, acupuncture for, like, animals. And I swear to wow. God, I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, so you're a cachupuncturist. And everyone just nice. stared at me like, no, that's not even funny. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, guys? That's gold. And then I that's explained to one. them why I thought it was so funny. I'm like, acupuncture, Catchupuncture. like, it's brilliant. And just completely wasted and the worst part is i yeah, had man, thought of I, it I, like the week before and waited until that moment to like use it so disappointed
1: yeah dude well those people are nuts that's a great pun. you should be very proud thank
0: you i'm so glad i wonder if victoria's around because i wanted to rub it in her face but i think that's my wife she's in the other room or something because she's one of the people who did the oh shut
1: up victoria come on you gotta get on board with this
0: Oh, she just walked by. My awesome pun at the wedding about cat, catchy punker. No. Yeah, I just got noted <laughs> again. Well, Jonah says it's uh, awesome. A bad taste in pun. No, he does not. She said you have a bad taste in punch. She has no idea who I, you are. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> I feel like I could hear, see her disapproving face just yeah. in her voice,
0: like holding laundry, being like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> just. Yeah, she didn't come from our music world, so like, she has no idea who half the people I ever talk about are. So it's kind of, and sometimes it sucks. Then sometimes, actually, overall, it's pretty great because like, I don't know, it's nice to have separate things.
1: But yeah, it is nice to have separate. Things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, I was gonna ask uh, but yeah. your web series. I, uh, I, saw so I, I, was, I, I watch it, and it's really funny. But like, how did that come out to be? Like, what's your involvement in that one?
1: Well, this is actually, um, well, it's pretty funny. Uh, so before I was in United Nations, I was living in Cleveland. I was a band on eyeball, Magnet Astromagn- on Jeff's label called the Love Kill. Um, and we used to, like early 2000s, I guess, well, I guess like 2004, 2005, we would play in Chicago a lot because we were in Cleveland and Vanessa was living up there doing comedy, but this was way, way before SNL, you know, she was kind of just, had just been doing it for a little while. And, I was like, I just had the idea of, of her to open for my band whenever we played there. Um, just because, you know, at this time she kind of had this like, kind of like Neil hamburger persona. Um, yeah, I love so that. I, would, I would just be like, you should just come up and basically like make fun of us. And so she would get up there while like we're setting up and she'd be like, you know, we played the empty bottle. She'd be like empty bottle, more like empty club. And like, just basically make fun of us, all these jokes. And so, Basically, and she still does that now like the last couple times UN has played here like she will she will roast us. I don't know if you've seen any of that.
0: Uh, yeah, I've actually seen videos on like split cider like she'll have it. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the same. but out of that idea, I guess you know she was she's always done that with me like we've always kind of collaborated in that way. So then when she was on SNL for a couple years, Basically, they have this kind of digital arm of Broadway video called Above Average. And she was like, you know, we could pitch something. And I was like, well, why don't we do something with music? And, you know, we kind of created this character, Janessa Slater, that's basically like this media coach who takes things very literally, is kind of out of touch and doesn't kind of understand kind of creativity or art, but is kind of well intentioned. Um, so we, I booked the first one. We, you know, I was. I've known the guys in fun for a really long time. Was, you know, Jack used to be in Steel Train all that stuff. So we got them to do the first episode. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really hard to get people to do it at first because it didn't exist. You know, like you're like explaining something, but they can't watch it. Yeah. Um, so we got them on board. And I can't remember the, f- the first couple we got. We got a couple really, really good people. And then from there, it kind of like took off. And we've, I don't know how many we've done. We're kind of in the middle of a season now. We're releasing some like every couple weeks it seems like. So uh, we've probably done 15 or something. And uh, for this new season, we got we got some of them sponsored by uh, Hyundai. So we shot all these kind of we shot in L. A. We shot all these integrations with Vanessa like living out of the car and doing all this funny stuff with the product, which I it was pretty fun to kind of. That was kind of a cool. Cool thing to get to work on. But, yeah, it basically just came together from just me and Vanessa wanted to work together and do something kind of with music and comedy. Um, and, it, you know, through that, like, we've had on, like, No Effects, which was incredible for me. Like, you know, like, one of my favorite bands. Like, Vanessa texted Drake and got him to do it. Like, it's it's been a pretty cool mix of people we've had to do it.
0: Was uh this is very specific? With the Weird Al one, when he says normal, normal, it's like, normal, that pun, I was like, I wonder if Jonah wrote that or if that was improvised. I –
1: I, I didn't write that. I think that was improvised. It, oh. it was actually, he was so cool to work with because, um, you know, we shot a bunch that day. We shot that one in L- LA. We're shooting at this this hotel, and we did a bunch in one day. And he, we're kind of running late or something, and I went down to talk to him. He's like, no, it's cool. He's like, I can't believe you sent a car for me. I live, like, down the street. I could have just walked here. And I was like, yeah, but you're weird out. Like, you're the most recognizable dude ever, and you look exactly the same. And he's yeah, like, he does he was like uh i was like so usually i'll sort of prep the people kind of before we do it and i was like oh well so so here's the premise he's like oh i've watched every episode and i was wow. like really and he was like yeah and i was like well here's the questions like we'll send sometimes we'll send the questions ahead of time for people to look at if they want to take stuff out like because it, it, i feel like we want it to be funny but never want it to be like mean-spirited or like you know well the um, joke's always on her yeah, exactly. The joke's always on her. So, um, so I, I was like, here's a question. He's like, oh, I looked him over. I think they're all great. Like, he was had, was so prepared and knew so much, and it was he was so easy to work with. And he came up with a lot, like the song, like all that stuff that was all improvised by him. He was really quick.
0: Wow. I, I love. I listen to him on, like, every podcast that he can get on. And every time, you're like, oh, my God, my childhood hero is just the, an average, normal, nicest human being in the world. It's all, it's, everyone's ever said about him. It's wonderful. Yeah,
1: I was, it was such a cool experience working with him. He was, yeah, he was so nice and so down to earth.
0: So, Do you even get starstruck anymore? Because, like, I mean, in a weird way, you're like, you know, I mean, your sister's on SNL. And so you can be, you've been, I'm, I follow you on Instagram. So you were at the 40th anniversary party. And so you saw, like, I mean, the biggest stars in the world were like, does it even affect you anymore? Or are you still like, oh, my God, that's Paul fucking McCartney.
1: The funny part, well, well, I mean, that party, I feel like, I mean, like, you know, being an SNL, you sort of see a lot of celebrities, but um, that party was, like, especially crazy. That I've never seen anything like that. I mean, like, literally, like, you know, I was watching Paul McCartney play, and I was like, oh, this guy in front of me, I wonder who this guy is with the ponytail, and he turns around, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio, and, like, James, James Franco's behind us talking to us about his grandmas from Cleveland, and then, like, Dave Chappelle walks through, and you're just like... That party was insane, but I have to be honest, man, I only, I get starstruck, but only by like people that no one else would be starstruck by. Like I was out the other night at a comedy show and one of the guys from Impractical Jokers was there and I was like, oh my God, it's Sal from Impractical Jokers. And my friend was like, I should say hi to him. I was like, I can't. Like I'm starstruck by people like that, but I feel like, I feel like I've been like seen John Hamm like 800 times. I was like, Hey, what's up? Like. So I feel like I'm starstruck, by, but only by, like, people and, like, weird, niche stuff. It's also – it's different – I feel like it's different um, with comedians than it is around musicians. Like, I feel like with comedians, I tend to, like – I tend to get a little self-conscious because you kind of want to prove you're funny, too, but, like, you don't want to overdo it. You know what I mean?
0: You want to be, like, their friend. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, like, but you don't want to be, like, cracking jokes. So I tend to just, like, kind of, like – be a little quieter, but, um, yeah, I get starstruck sometimes, but it's, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot, but obviously, like, you know, whenever you see someone like, like, you know, like Paul McCartney or something, it's sort of, like, pretty, pretty insane.
0: Yeah, man. and how long has your sister been on SNL? Because I think she probably joined by the time I kind of stopped watching SNL, like, uh, yeah, you know, I watched, like, the digital videos mostly, like, I don't have cable, and then, um, and I was like, oh, okay and i actually i think the later seasons these newer seasons have actually been pretty good i like catch a lot more nowadays because you know snl has its like slumps like like everything that's been on for 40 fucking years
1: totally yeah uh, this is vanessa's fifth season and i think it's kind of i think they're almost done i don't know exactly how many more shows they have but i know you know they have the summer off so i think they're just they're just wrapping up i know she's. Uh, She's on tour now. I think she's doing some college shows with Kate McKinnon right now. But, um, yeah, and then, you know, Vanessa is uh, in this movie, Trainwreck, that Judd Apatow directed that comes out in July, I I think. I can't even
0: wait to see that movie. You have no idea. It looks so good. Yeah. Amy Schumer is amazing. I went to the Oddball Comedy Fest, uh, and, like, you know, Louis C.K. was headlining, and Amy Schumer had the best set the night.
1: Yeah, she's great. And and what else is cool about Amy is, like, um, she works with her sister a lot, too. Oh, no way! Um, so we, yeah, her sister. Um, I don't know what her role is, or but I know they work together. On, I think on the movie, and they, I think they tour a lot together. So it's cool. I like it. It's it's cool to see like siblings that collaborate. you feel like me and Vanessa are always really into that. But um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I actually haven't seen it yet, um, but I, I can't. Yeah, I think it's gonna be so awesome.
0: But it's cool because like not only is it, like your sister on SNL, but like you guys like. Well, you, I just listened to the one with you guys with Andrew McMahon. You guys definitely have like a dynamic where, like, I, I have an older brother and like you know we get friends and everything. But if he was on SNL, I would probably never go to SNL. It's one, of, one you know we, one of those things. But you get to like actually be involved in her like SNL is SNL life, which is you know it's SNL, it's a institution. Yeah, it's
1: it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Sur- I mean, it still is pretty surreal. I mean, I I go to the show a lot, but it's it's yeah i mean it's funny it's like you know you go to the show and it's like you're out so late because there's like an after party in this thing so it's like i won't get home till five or six in the morning um but every i'm like every time it says do you want to come this week i'm i was like yeah <laughs> like knowing that like my sunday will be totally non-existent yeah. um the stories you're it,
0: gonna have like just you know come on
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty wild and she's yeah she's so great i mean she's uh yeah, I mean, her hours are just insane. I mean, like, you know, they say they're all night Tuesday writing. Like, she's – but she's always been such a hard worker. I mean, she always studied so hard in high school. I mean, we talk about this a lot kind of on the Andrew McMahon thing, how, you know, how how we kind, me and Vanessa kind of differed with maybe our work ethic growing up. Oh, dude, um,
0: I, I was listening to that episode. I was like, I'm definitely uh, Team Jonah of the two of you two. I'm like, yeah, that's more me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally, like, yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, high school is so weird, because it's like, you definitely, like, you can definitely get really good grades if you try really hard, like, but it doesn't mean that you're super smart, not that people who get good grades aren't smart, and not that Vanessa's not, Vanessa's super smart and studied really hard, but, like, it's, I don't don't know, I just, just, like, didn't really care, I was just more into playing guitar, and, like, just more into just, like, hanging out, and it's, like, I don't know. I, if I went back, I feel like I would kind of do the same thing. I, I I feel like I went to college and I didn't use my degree really for anything, anyways.
0: <laughs> oh, I when I was watching your TED talk, I found you and my dad went to the, uh, many years apart, went to the same college. I got kind of excited. I was like, oh my god, you guys both went to Ithaca.
1: Really? Oh, that's awesome. Uh,
0: he's uh, he's not famous or anything. Just your average dude, but yeah, <laughs> this is such a that's yeah,
1: that's so cool.
0: Random school. I actually don't think I've ever been there. Because, I don't know, do do parents ever take their kids to their college days? I I hope not, but I've never been up there, but I've heard it's very nice.
1: It is very nice. I haven't been there in a while. I went there a few years ago for a wedding. I had a friend who went to school to got married there. Um, But, yeah, it's a cool town. I mean, it's, like, um, Cornell's there also, so it's, like, there's a lot of kids. And there was was a a great, like, music scene when I was there. Like, I, I used to set up shows, so I would do shows with, like, I mean, like Adam and his Package, like Discount, Piebald, like all those types of bands. And then Cornell had like a, a dorm where they did shows. where like, they, And then, you know, the guys from like iFarm were, were the, from there. And so, yeah, there was, it, was, it was a cool place to go to school.
0: You said Adam and his Package. I haven't heard that name in so long. Oh, I used to love him
1: yeah he was great yeah he yeah i mean i guess that was yeah that was that era where he was super popular and yeah yeah uh yeah he was so funny i mean
0: he was on those hopeless comps that's how i heard about him those hopeless for you comp cds yep like remember that day where like a comp cd would change your life like a like a vagrant, another year on the streets, or like the fat record ones would be like, like all right, I gotta go buy every album from every band on here and find out. It just that's how I would find music, which is just comps and like stuff like that. Yeah,
1: totally. I'm were for sure like the Survival of the Fattest two and the first Punkorama.
0: Oh, Punkorama! Yeah. Oh my god. My
1: god. Yeah, yeah. like that one with like the, like um. Liza and Louise and Don't Call Me White on it, and, like, it, it, yeah, like, it Rancid on it, It had like, Rich Kids on LSD, like, like so many incredible bands.
0: It just, it sets you off on a path, and, like, um like you said in your TED Talk, like, a lot of that, like, a lot of people from that world, like, I feel like, myself included, like, drifted away from it, but then, like, I still have roots and ties to it. Like, you know, I, I still listen to a lot of that same music, and um the wedding I actually went to this weekend was... Uh, My friend Jeff played in this band called Folly, and he just married my mutual friend Amanda. And it was just like, you know, if I hadn't found that band when I was like 16 and then eventually became friends with Amanda. And then they just like this weird small world of like 10 years later, we're like, we're all still friends in some facet. And now there's like a wedding because of you two. And it's all because of like this music scene that existed. It's it's really nice.
1: It is weren't weren't they that band that were like they were like they like merged to it was like heavy but then it was like ska or something yeah yeah that's exactly right. them
0: yeah okay
1: yeah, yeah, yeah um, I remember them they, oh
0: that would that's actually really nice because I was just talking to they were all at the wedding obviously and we were talking like podcasts because I've had a bunch of them on I'm trying to get all of them and they're all big going, uh Arbin at least is like a fan of going off track and he's like and that dude Jonah he seems really cool I was like well I'm recording with him Monday so he made me look really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah,
1: it's so cool to hear when people are fans of the podcast, because I mean, we've done it for a while. So we're on like episode 150 something. Um, And, you know, I feel like it takes a really long, as you know, like, I feel like people don't like discover the podcast, like right when you start, it's like a lot of people are kind of always finding it and going back. So it's like, recently, we've had more people kind of like, I feel like for so I booked most of the guests and for so long I was just going out to people and now it's cool. People are hitting me up. I got recognized on the street the other day. Some dude was like, are you Jonah from going off track, which is like was insane. Wow. And uh, that was cool. And then we had Beach slang. We're at Rubber Tracks the day we did the episode with Jenny Lewis and like they were like, like huge fans. They were like, Can we see the studio? Can we see the room where you guys record it? Like they were totally geeking out. So, yeah, it's cool to hear people listen to it because, to be honest, like, you know, you feel like a little bit in the vacuum. Like I never really look at our numbers. I never really pay attention to anything. I literally just use it as an excuse just to talk to people for an hour without, you know, looking at anyone looking at their cell phones or like just, I, you just basically use an excuse just to talk to people who I think are going to be interesting. So the fact that people actually like check it out, it kind of blows my mind.
0: Have you guys ever like, I mean, you guys get some big names on there, and podcasting is such a weird thing, like, in terms of, like, money. Like, I'm assuming, like, have you guys ever figured a way to make money out of it yet? I mean, I don't think – I don't ever plan on it.
1: No, I mean, you know, so we did a Kickstarter um, about four years ago in order to get the ball rolling. And it, it was kind of weird. Like, I felt like we kind of went back and forth on whether we could do it. And kind of decided ultimately to do it because it was sort of right after Stephen Show got our Stevens on Todd Rock Show got canceled. And me and Stephen wanted to do something and basically we needed money to have someone make a site for us. Steven was living in Jersey and we needed to like figure out a way to get him in. So we raised five grand, which was awesome. But, but since then we didn't really have any way to make money off of it until we had Commonwealth Press sponsor the last 12 episodes, and they're just like a merch company in Pittsburgh, and they gave us a little bit of money, and, and they, they're super awesome. But we haven't really figured it out. I mean, it, it's really hard, and it seems like you need to have so many listeners in order to really get any money, which it's like— 10000 an
0: episode are, is the number.
1: Really? 10000 an episode—
0: 10,000 at least i i don't know if you guys use libsyn that's what i use but from what i read it's like to be accepted into their program you need to get like 10,000 listeners per episode to be accepted into like their advertising programs there's always of course you could always find your own sponsors your other way but then to me i think right. like that ruins the fun
1: so like right
0: but yeah I mean, right. you need to have like a fuck ton like any of those amazon ones if you hear like the big ones like a on nerdist and you got to have the you know like I love, like, you made it weird with Pete Holmes, I think he talks about getting, like, 100,000, which blows my mind. I was like, you only get 100,000 downloads, Pete Holmes? Like, you had a talk show, and you have some of the biggest names in the industry come on. So, like, podcasts, it's such a it's a weird thing, you know? Like, so I would assume, and I, like, I project, because your podcast is, like, in my eyes, it's huge. Like, you guys have had such huge people on there, so I would imagine that you, I was hoping you had, like, sponsorship knocking down your door.
1: No, but, I mean, this is also another situation. People have come to us about it, and this is, like, a perfect situation of just me and Steven, like, just having no idea what we're doing. Like, yeah. I feel like me and Steven are really good at interviewing people, but, like, the whole, like, promotion and marketing, the technical stuff, like, is just not intuitive. Like, I just like doing it. So, but, you know, hopefully, it would be cool. Like, we're definitely not opposed to making money off of it, but it's, like, my view is, like, if someone wants to give us money, cool, but we're going to do it either way. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's something nice about a passion project. You know, it's like if you're doing it for money, I'm not against people doing things for money. It's just sometimes it's just nice to do something because you just like to do it.
1: I agree. And and that's sort of how I view the podcast. I mean, that's sort of how I view kind of everything I work on. It's like if I make money on this, like, cool. If not, like, I still like doing it. And I feel like that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of – how I kind of approach all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And a lot of the bigger guests have literally like some of it's been through Vanessa, like obviously like through Vanessa, like, you know, I met like Fred Armisen and people like that and Keenan Thompson. I'm like, Hey, we, but a lot of it's like, I'll just Texas. be like, Hey, do you want to come Like The Jenny Lewis one was so crazy. Like, you know, Vanessa, you know, had, had worked with her or something and we had, we had done some stuff together and I just like hit her up. I knew she was in town and she just like showed up and I was like, do you want to do a podcast? Do you just want to tour the studio? And she's like, I'm here, let's just do it. And she was so awesome. So a lot of those are just like kind of relationships, just meeting people. Like, I feel like if I hit up, you know, someone like there's publicist, they'd be like, I don't know what this is. Like, no way.
0: Oh yeah. I, I haven't hit in the publicist section yet, but Twitter is an amazing thing. I am always surprised by who says yes. And it, it's, it's 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 weird right it's just, it just i don't know it's great it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing um thank you uh so much for coming on man this is fucking awesome um anything to plug besides all the awesome stuff you do
1: um yeah i mean we uh we've mo- so we're in the middle of like sound advice stuff so i think they're coming they're coming they're airing right now on um ifc.com which is super cool and i think yeah, every few weeks. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, if you follow like Above Average on Twitter, I think they they post about all the all the sound advice stuff. Uh, United Nations is going to be touring this summer. At some point, we're still sort of sorting that out, and we have some other cool stuff that's going to happen um, that we're announcing soon. And uh, yeah, going off track. Um, every Wednesday we release an episode, so you can get those on iTunes or Going Off Track And then yeah, I'm on Twitter. Just my name is Jonah. I write. Right for, you know, Noisy a lot, the AV Club, all that kind of stuff. So I actually, And I have a site, com that I, I, it's kind of updated where I try to archive everything. But, yeah, that's basically that's basically it. What about you? you have anything you want to plug?
0: Oh, no, I'll put an intro. <laughs> Just this, and then that's... Uh, oh, actually, I forgot to ask you. How do you know Derek? I, I completely meant to ask you that first. He actually wanted Derek... to come on and uh, guest host, and then we pushed it back, and I completely forgot to tell him that we did it.
1: So I... I see Derek pretty much more than anyone else because that dude is just everywhere.
0: Yeah, he's – yeah.
1: <laughs> I was I was at a show last night and I just posted – I was at the Square Pusher show and, like, Derek just posted a comment like, uh, I'm here. And I saw him, like, in Jersey City the other night. I met him th- um, through Benny, through Bottom Peter.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Small world. Yeah, that, that dude knows everybody.
1: That's a, Wait, that's the Derek you're talking about, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Derek Riley.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met him Bottom United feeder. Nations played played with Bottom Feeder and I met him there and then we had a ton of mutual friends. And the maybe the craziest part is that he actually lives in my old building now, which is so so wild.
0: Oh, he's in New York City now?
1: Yeah, he's yeah, he's out here now. And he yeah, he lives in this building I lived at a few years ago. Okay. Not the same unit, but um but yeah, so he's he's around a lot. But he's in Jersey a lot too. He's and he's and I heard actually heard some of the some new Bottom Peter stuff that they're working on. It's awesome. So I feel like,
0: oh, that's if, awesome. If
1: anyone sees that they're coming to town or sees like a new release, they're they're such a great band. I just, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Derek's a great dude.
0: Yeah, that's fucking funny. I haven't seen him in a while, but like he's uh just one of those people I've just you know old scene seen kids. Uh, yeah, that's funny. He's such a nice dude. That
1: just yeah, that's so he, funny. I was
0: like, of course, Derek knew. Of course, you guys are friends. So I was like, of course.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, we met We met when uh, when Jeff played with uh, that one show. He played with Antarctica Vespucci, and uh, uh, Benny was playing drums. And I think I met Derek there, and then we played some shows at Bomb Theater. But, yeah, yeah, Derek's a really cool guy. Um, this podcast would have been much different had he guest-hosted.
0: <laughs> well, his exact words, he's like, yeah, I want to bust Jonah's balls. So I was like, oh, I'll ask him first.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, recorded I,
0: with him tomorrow night, so I'll make sure I – pass that on everyone i know from any like a good friend of mine worked at i think he still might be working at the court tavern so i was like oh tell him you know tell I, I met Derek through folly shows like years ago and then just one of those people you just keep in touch with on like internet and stuff but i was like that's been the best thing about like having any punk rock history when you start a podcast be like let me tap into everybody i used to know just slightly just to it, get
1: it yeah Dude, it's insane. I mean, and that's like the crazy thing about going off track is like, we, we do get people who come through on tour or just here for a day or two or just playing a show, but there's so many people here who it's like, we've had on 150 people, and like, there's still like 100 people just living in the neighborhood who have just been in awesome bands that like, I want to get on. Oh, do I know? It's
0: so crazy. Uh, man, we'll keep, you guys keep up the good work of your show. It's awesome. And you guys do live shows sometimes. That's, I still have Yeah, to- so we're, we're actually
1: we tried to do one or two a year at union hall. Um, the last one, we've had some crazy people do it. Like the last one, uh, we had Matthew outsurf and Emil Amos play and, uh, yeah, we've done a bunch and yeah, hopefully we'll be doing another one this summer. Um, it's just, you know, it's, those are really fun to do, but they're basically, I kind of have to set them all up and it's just like a ton of work and we have to book them way in advance cause union hall like is so booked up. But, um, yeah
0: i'm gonna try to make it out to one of those because i i feel like i don't go to new york enough it's so close but um yeah i'm actually there the next two weekends so i'm really excited it's it's a nice city you guys have
1: yeah man well if you're in town hit me up i'm gonna be i'll be i'll be around i think at least at least next weekend i'll be around um but yeah if you want to get coffee or something oh
0: hell yeah yeah, that'd be be, that's so nice awesome man um
1: but, yeah, Union Hall is great, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do another live one soon. They're, they're really fun.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'll let you know. Before, I'll shoot you an email before it goes up. I'm going to plan it outright, so I'm going to put up Stevens, yours, and then Derek. I'm going to do three straight weeks in a row I'm using some marketing thinking. I'm proud of Oh, myself. man, dude, I,
1: I hope you have a powerful enough server.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> We're going to break Twitter.
1: I'm totally kidding. I know. <laughs> totally man yeah well thanks so much for having me on man this is so fun i really appreciate it oh
0: no thank you like i couldn't believe you and steven when you guys said yes i was like really you guys don't know how big i'm not gonna talk you out of it and then uh yeah and if you guys ever talk about it in front of brad uh i hope he's not too jealous
1: no, you you know you should you should really do a podcast with Brad. There. He's probably the most interesting out of the three he, of us.
0: I said that to Stephen, but he doesn't give out any information. I, I'm, of course, I will never turn. He's more than welcome on. I don't know him, but like if he'll talk, oh my god, because I always want to hear the most. He's the one who never gives anything up.
1: Yeah, Brad is is a very secretive dude. But yeah, I mean his I, I mean love, his band his band toured with Rants. I mean like he's had like a really incredible musical love, career when you
0: call him out he's like talking to someone he's like oh, no, i was in a band and you're like uh actually he was in a band called the goops on the mall soundtrack <laughs> i do i do that to
1: steven all the time too so i, I was like my fan of- in college and i'm like the ice, ice cream, cream socialist
0: <laughs> 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 it makes me laugh like it, i used to have to drive an hour to work so like going off track when i found that podcast i was like one in on the way one way back it was um oh man, it just makes the daily life much easier
1: yeah, our next one—the one we're releasing tomorrow or wednesday I and mean, it'll already be out by the time you put this up—is with Unwet. So it's like Artie um, from Vitus and Jason Blood. It's very silly.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, uh, have you ever heard of a band called Unwound? My-
1: I have heard of Unwound. Yeah, um, they're
0: not—they were—they were big way back when, before my time.
1: Not yeah, they were, like they were like a post-hardcore band. Yeah, the Slater Kenny
0: World. Like, yeah, my cousin sarah was in that band and so she really yeah but they, I, they broke up when i graduated high school and she was the one that turned me on to ska so when they just came through tour they don't play anymore but she's in a different what she played now she has like a small band called hungry ghost which they just did a small tour out here and um so i saw her the night after like two nights after her dc show and she's like oh yeah we were just hanging out my friend ian came by i was like ian like, Mackay, like, do you know who that is I'm like go fuck yourself I know who Ian fucking Mackay is.
1: My friend Ian. Yeah, my friend... My, I had some friends who were on a flight recently and they, like, were sitting next to him on the plane and we're just, like, too freaked out to say anything.
0: I... Did you... Yeah,
1: right? I I, I have a shirt um, that my friend Trevor Kelly made that just says, like, Ian and Gee and Brendan is all the guys in Fugazi's name listed. And I was at UCB and Ian Mackay was there and I was wearing the shirt...
0: Oh, that's awesome. And
1: someone was like, show him the shirt. And I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I just got my jacket and zipped it up. I was like, no way I'm showing this to him. Because this I feel like this is not going to go well. <laughs> like,
0: no. Well, he goes to UCB. That makes me so happy.
1: Well, he this was actually when UCB East opened. The fr- they did like these two sh- opening shows and somehow got invited to. And for the monologue for one of them, they ha- they had Ian do it. Which is pretty cool, but I actually blew it and went to the other show <laughs> where he didn't do it. But he, but he was hanging, still hanging out afterwards. But yeah, it was pretty cool. That's awesome.
0: Uh, well, I hope I didn't keep you too long, and thank you so much, man. Um, this a blast. I have a good uh, rest no, of your evening. No, of course, been...
1: man. Yes, you too. Thanks again yeah. so much, oh, thank man. You.